Make sure when we're showing uh, Ford's uh, video, uh, 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 we're showing uh, uh, it from the Twitter account. We, we, we're live. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome back. You're an amazing human beings. This is Lukowski and Jason Burmis of We Are Change that are here for our weekly news show. And today it's going to be on Saturday. Um, and we changed it. We usually is Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern. We're changing it now to every Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to be live breaking down all the important news events that happened this entire week, Monday, all the way through Saturday. We're going to be live here for about an hour on Facebook, on Periscope. The podcast of this episode will be available on iTunes later. But predominantly, we're going to be here on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash we are change, where we, of course, will be taking your super chats, addressing them and also taking phone calls. But uh, as you probably have seen watching our channel earlier today, it's been kind of a crazy week. <laughs> it's been uh, really intense. I'm joined also today by Emily Molly and Ford Fisher of News to Share. And uh, yeah, we had a we had a pretty crazy uh, day to say the least uh, before we get into talking to Emily and Ford. But uh, yeah, uh, it's been uh, breathtaking to say the least, Jason. Yeah, you know, for those of us that just watched the footage uh, from the ground, Luke, like myself, uh, it started off where it seemed like everything was going to be calm and, you know, okay. And then the march took off around noon your time. And uh, that was around, I think, you know, 6 a.m. here. And, uh, or, or, yeah, we're six hours away. And all of a sudden, man, I mean, you're in the mix. Uh, somebody got their hand blown off. You only had like a piece of footage of the flesh, but now we found out what's happened to that person. Uh, you got gassed again. Uh, Ford, apparently, his uh, his gas mask uh, broke. That seemed very unfortunate. My heart was going out to him at the time. I was like, damn, that has got to suck. And uh, bottom line is, it's a complete media blackout on this end of the pond for sure, Luke. And that movement is not stopping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into this whole point and bring in Emily and bring in Ford into those specific uh, exact details. But... Uh, yeah, it's also, other than just what we've seen in France, it's also just been a very crazy, hectic news week with Trump pulling out of the IN, uh, what was it, uh, IN... Uh, it's the arms treaty with Russia, basically was, the nuclear... I was going to say the INTF. <laughs> I was going to use the, pers the, the personality <laughs> description, uh, pulling out of the IN, which one was it again? INF. INF treaty. Uh, and uh, big news with Jeffrey Epstein that we're going to get into as well. Other news with China, Cory Booker. There's a lot of stuff to get into. Of course, we're just coming from the Super Bowl. Uh, week has been just insane. How How is your week? And then let's also take a phone call if we can, Jason. Yeah, let's absolutely take a phone call. You know, my week was uh, probably not as hectic as yours because, hey, man, I'm not on the ground of those scenes. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, you know, I watch some of those things and uh, I usually get a coffee before I, I do. It's like three in the, in the morning here and I'm just kind of waiting and waiting. And this one was calm. I, you know, thank you for thank you for staying up, by the way. Yeah. I really appreciate it. No, hey, no problem. Man. Run the channel properly. Yeah, no, no. It's the way to go. I mean, again, we get a pretty good live feed on Twitter and Facebook. And this is about getting the information out to the people. Let's not make any mistakes about it. This is not on our television television in this country they are trying to put this away we're three months plus deep this is week 13 all right um the idea that a weekly protest with thousands of people demanding basically along the same lines of what brexit was which they've hoodwinked and shammed again and again and again no matter what the people want should be huge global news it should be the news that people want to deal with their own destinies. They want to be treated fail 
uh, fairly, and they don't want billionaires to run their lives while they gallivant and not be taxed, period. You know, it's it's like that story we covered last week where that one economist is sitting there from, uh, I think it was uh, Deutschland, and he's talking about, hey, it's real easy to, uh, to stop the poverty crisis. How about the rich people start paying their effing taxes? It's real simple. And well, I kind of have a different point of view on <laughs> Obviously, as uh, we've talked about and debated and argued a lot of times, uh, like I just I, tax cuts all around, tax cuts for everyone, but they should, of course, I, taxes should—it's it, just extortion and theft, theft, really. I mean, that's just my personal take on it. Uh, the bottom line, but, Luke, Luke, I get your point, but when I have to pay taxes and you have to pay taxes, the two people next to you have to pay taxes. People down the street have to pay taxes. Everybody in that city has to pay taxes, except for the billionaires who get corporate welfare. That's a corrupt system. Warren Buffett ain't paying no taxes, bro. That's my point. All right? I know you're Mr. No Government at all, and I'm Mr. Little Government over here and some regulations, but my point is these people are corrupt. That's big government. Regulations is big government, Jason. Oh, is it? If we yes. all agree to something and then we do it and we hire a body to regulate that that's big government, huh? That's, that's big that's government. Called, that's, that's called forcing your will and mass mob rule. Mm -hmm. This is why we don't live in a democracy because democracy is just mass rule. Let's give out this phone call and, <laughs> yeah. and take a random question. But let's keep this going as well. What's what's the question first? Uh, 607-542-9184. 607-542-9184 is the number. And then I don't know what do we got in the what do we got in the uh, chat room here. I'm not sure. By the way, everybody that's. Uh, that's joined up. We got some new members today. And then uh, Rad Disciple, he is a member, has been. Uh, he's in the chat room. Uh, Frank White, 83 Able, $2 super chat. Thank you so much. We'll be answering all your super chats, guys. So make sure to check those out. Um, let's see. A lot Again, of states. No taxes all around. That's the best system. That's the best system that could exist. Uh, <laughs> my personal belief. Do you want to live on uh, Peter Thiel's? If you have 51% of the population under what you just described that wants slavery again, there will be slavery because the majority of people wanted it. And then you have to inform your will on other people, which is morally incorrupt. Or you want to live on that. Guys, guys, will you turn that, da turn that down, caller? Oh, turn this off. Yeah, yes, please, sir. There you go. All right, thank you very much. Uh, you are live with Luke. I'm not sure if he can hear you, but yeah, I guess he can hear me. So uh, if you can ask your question, uh, tell us who you are, and then I will relay the message to Luke over in Paris. I hope the gas mask is keeping you safe, Luke. Use the force. And what do you think about re? We need to have a real discussion about the unlawful nature of the Fourteenth Amendment that was coerced at bayonet point after the uncivil war. All right, I'll, I'll relay that, Luke. He says, uh, "I hope you enjoy the uh, mask." Uh, so I'm assuming this is the person that sent that over. He says, "Use Radish the force." Rad, rad, I think that's Rad. rad it's Rad Disciple, isn't it? Like, isn't it supposed to be Rad Disciple? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, Rad that's Disciple. That is Mark. And Mark the Rad Disciple, the the Anabaptist. <laughs> All right, brother. And then he's, he's asking about a discussion with the 14th Amendment. Thank you very much. 14th Amendment, um, isn't that the one to do with taxes, the argument that we're having right now? And uh, whether you and I are actually on the hook for that. So, again, man, I, I, I'm not, I don't even want to get into a tax battle with you. But I, I see why the people are pissed that the rich people aren't paying taxes and they want to throw on a basic carbon tax to get in line with the United Nations and the European Union and all this globalism nonsense to save the world because Ocasio-Cortez says that if we don't do something about global warming, the world is going to end in like 12 years, Luke. 
Yeah, that's that's a kind of crazy hyperbolic. And guess what? If she's able to get the best PR firms and convince enough people, 51% of the people, to uh, initiate a mass culling or an extinction, extinction program to save the earth, which, again, some eugenicists actually believe it. There's a lot of very famous elite people who actually call for these kind of things. If they're able to convince the masses, like, yeah, we got to kill some people, exterminate, Hunger Games, let's do all that. 51% of the people who agree on that, bam, we got it. And again, that's that's why, again, government is a slippery slope. Uh, sovereignty and freedom and uh, liberty pretty much bring prosperity uh, and growth to a lot of people. That's my personal take on it. And the 14th Amendment states to the U.S. Constitution uh, that no state shall make or enforce any laws which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. Yeah, Jason. <laughs> you act like I'm not, I'm not for a constitutional republic, that I want a democracy, that I don't understand how it works, that I don't like states' rights. I love states' rights. I just happen to hate what my state does with them. You know, uh, apparently the legalization of marijuana is now getting pushed back. The entire state troopers union, every single one of them, voted against legalization. So uh, even if you want a medical license, if you want to open a dispensary here, it's $200,000. That's refundable if you don't get approved. But it's another $5,000 on top of it uh, that is not refundable. So you could not uh, get approved, lose $5,000. You have to have $205,000 up front. And if you do get approved, they take two hundred dollars k to start a business in this state where the neighboring states, it costs $4,000. Look, states' rights can screw you over too, Luke. I do like them. I love the Constitutional Republic. I'd like lower taxes and smaller government. <laughs> Just not, not anarchist, bro. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, whatever. We can debate all that. We can debate all this all day long. We should have a whole debate show where we involve the callers. What was the great idea we had last week? Uh, we, we What was the substance? that, And then we discussed, what was it, DMT? Or? Oh, we did talk a little DMT last week. But, I'm but not we sure talked about it a little bit also that people are like, talk about DMT, talk about DMT. That's a whole can of worms that you could open up. Uh, but there's another idea, whatever, you just forgot it, but let's just jump into the main story that we want to talk about here, if that's okay. Yeah. I mean, we got really awesome human beings here. We have Emily, Molly, Ford Fisher, uh, and, uh, wow, like we just went through the 13th week of mass protest here in France. I mean, people are describing it as a civil war, as a revolution, but it's just clear that there's conflict there's such distraction uh destruction and damage happening in the streets all of us have different experiences we're all in different places but today was definitely different the situation is definitely a lot more dynamic than we could ever expect it to be there's a lot of divide and conquer techniques going out there there's a lot of people who are dissatisfied today there's a lot of people who are satisfied there's a lot of people from the far left fighting with people on the far right the same goes on the opposite way so there's a lot to take away from today but I mean, I just had a crazy experience where literally I didn't even know what was happening. I was literally recording uh, pieces of flesh because of explosions that were going off here. And the, the fact that there's no mainstream media coverage of this, I mean, there's 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 little tidbits of it. It's mentioned sporadically. But, but to be fair, when we have situations like Venezuela, when we have other protests happening, 
that align with greater U.S. geopolitical goals with the U.S. petrodollar. We hear about protests nonstop when it goes along with the program. This is a protest that is bringing people together that is really questioning the real power structures. And this is something that, of course, oddly, not oddly, I mean, we know what's going on here. Very little to limited coverage. And uh, the only real journalists who are here is pretty much Ford Fisher and Emily. And I just wanted to kind of go around, bring the camera around. Let me bring this over here and then get their point of views on what their bigger takeaways were from today, because we all have different experiences and they don't go along with the same preconceived understanding and notions of this that are that are just easily defined. So I'm not uh, Emily go off first. She, she did really good stuff today. Really awesome videos dealt with a lot of crap, just like all of us did. Uh, but uh, yeah, Emily, this uh, how was your day and what's your biggest kind of takeaway and understanding from the Yellow Vest movement? Uh, my day was a little rough as both of ours were um it started off pretty pretty nice actually like really happy high spirits everyone was kind of laughing singing like having fun um then the march started and things sort of escalated from there i did notice the police while trying to improve their optics did not do much to improve their tactics in fact i think they made a lot of really dangerous moves today between um, almost creating a stampede when they first started deploying pepper spray and tear gas during the march at least um, almost created a stampede because everyone had to turn around in this very narrow roadway and then like people couldn't see so everyone's just rushing forward and um, you know the people at the very back which there were thousands tens of thousands of people I would imagine um, nobody had the room to move so everyone was just being pushed up into each other, which was pretty dangerous. And then as time went on, we saw more injuries. We saw, um, like like you said before, somebody's hand get blown off. Um, I did see, I didn't see any water cannons today, which was very, made me really happy. Um, no rubber bullets to my knowledge. We did see some flashbangs, uh, but mostly tear gas, I would say. Yeah, I mean, we got shot with the water cannons last time we were here. We were here, what, two weeks ago? Brutal, absolutely horrible to go through. But you're right, you're bringing up a lot of good, important points here because uh, other than the other weeks, this week was kind of different because uh, the the police uh, weren't the ones instigating the violence. There was a section of protesters that were instigating the violence. There was a lot of explosions. Uh, There was a lot of just crazy footage. Ford shot this incredible footage of just... Uh, these barricades being thrown at police cars yeah. as the police officers are inside. Yeah, so there were these uh, kind of construction barricades and a group of probably about two dozen of the uh, more radical and more on the left uh, yellow vests basically went in this one direction. I think that they kind of went the wrong way. Uh, mm-hmm. I, they kind of uh, went the opposite way of the crowd and they ended up kind of turning back, uh, but not without taking a quick break to throw metal barricades uh, at a police car that was occupied by two police officers. And this was something that uh, I've covered tons of American protests, uh, including conflict with the police, but I have never seen something like that. Just straight up throwing metal metal barricades at the cops who basically uh, their entire tactic was really about kind of retaliating and getting away, but not about making arrests. I saw very few arrests given the amount of violence. So in that particular instance, uh, they were throwing these barricades at the cops and the cops got out for a second just to shoot them with the pepper spray. 
but then they got back into the car and just just gunned it in reverse. Uh, so it was just about uh, the retreat. Whereas I'm sure that they could have get could get the equivalent of a felony charge out of it. I mean, they could have arrested them. Uh, that basically didn't seem to be their goal for today. Uh, maybe because it's impossible. Maybe because they didn't want to. Now you guys chime in anytime you want, but I think the policing was absolutely pointless. Like I was like, "What the hell are yes. you guys doing there?" Yeah, there was so much damage. There was so much destruction of property today. There were just crazy people running around with hammers, smashing everything, and then police officers just like randomly deciding, "Yeah, we're just gonna charge and beat people up randomly and start plugging people away." And we're yeah. still not even sure if it was actually a police explosive or a protester explosive that ripped that journalist's hand off. That literally flesh was flying everywhere. Happened near us. We didn't even know because it was so chaotic. It was so crazy. Poor Ford over here broke his uh, gas mask, had to keep running. I'm like, get a towel, put water on it. Um, even the gas mask we had uh, and, and the specific things we had, even some of that was seeping. And this was pretty strong stuff that we were dealing with here today. But there was a lot of things that's also important to bring up, the, the bigger kind of conflicts that were happening. There's incredible video coming out of Lee Owen of the far left and the far right all wearing yellow vests, just clashing with each other, beating the crap out of each other. There was a lot of tension with people that I talked to. A lot of people, by the way, also just came up to me, uh, mainly because of the sign. Some recognized uh, the work that I do on the ground and, and complimented me. A lot of people didn't want to talk because of the kind of persecution that's happening here. Uh, a lot of people were afraid to make comments. There's another case developing here where uh, we're hearing that three people who work for Amazon were actually fired uh, for voicing support on Twitter for the Yellow Vest movement. So that's another aspect of this that has let a lot of people try to be quiet. There was another person next to me trying to be like, you're BMTV, you're BMTV. I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> like We've been documenting how BMTV, which is their CNN over here, has been getting their ass kicked and being shooed away and thrown away from the protest. Um, and uh, there was a lot of pushback today. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to get into it, but a lot of people being like, hey, no. Don't film, get away from us. And it was more violent, more damage than I have seen it before. And, and me and uh, Emily were yeah. here three times already. Yeah, I'll echo your points. It was really hard to get people to speak on camera. Um, I, I learned, I've learned a little French since our last trip. So I would approach people and mostly speak in French and at least my limited French and ask if they'd want to speak. And speak was fine, but speak on camera was a totally different thing for them. And it was, it was they were, you know, they were happy to speak to me without the camera rolling, but as soon as I asked, can I film? They're like, no, 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 not on camera. Yeah, babe, a lot of the interviews you also see uh, during the live stream is every, I asked everyone, even people who came up running to me like, oh man, I love your work, I love your videos you do. I'm like, okay, can I, no, 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 no. Don't want to be on camera. And but, yeah. yeah, between that and uh, I did notice this, this week, particularly a lot more hostility towards journalists in general and before it was mostly just mainstream journalists but i did have somebody come up and push me um so i saw somebody swat for its camera and yeah it's it's really disheartening to see that kind of behavior but a lot of that is because people are you know doing doing vandalism and it's the, the kind of stuff you don't want to be seen on camera doing even if their faces are covered yeah. You know, just smashing police cars with railings. Like, yeah. like uh, I mean, it comes with the territory. Uh, but I really got to commend uh, these two guys. Uh, they really did incredible work. Uh, they're editing the videos right now as we're talking. That's why they're on their computer. I'm on my computer trying to edit my video footage I as well. I was going to add that there was a period of time for about like 15 or 20 minutes that I was walking and there was at least every 20 seconds something being smashed or set on fire 
uh, usually bricks through windows, that kind of thing, that I kept my camera down and, and visibly off. And they are shots that I'll remember in my head forever, but people won't see, and I don't think most people are filming, uh, because I had basically been threatened by the anti-fascist uh, wing. There was one person who came up to me, who had come up to me earlier, he had said, stop filming, and I stopped filming the particular thing. Then later I was filming something else. He came up to me, and he, I don't speak French, but he said something to me in French. He held up two, like, two fingers, and then he kind of, as he was talking, he nodded his head no with making three fingers. Uh, and clearly what he was saying is uh, after three strikes, <laughs> something's <up. laughs> gonna happen. So uh, I spent a good 15 minutes making it known that I wasn't filming yeah. as uh, the violence was going. And I, and I had to make it very clear that I wasn't BMTV because there's people out there looking at the live stream that's just mainstream media and going off to every journalist and looking at their cameras being like, you're BMTV, we're gonna kick your butt. Uh, which again, has been happening time and time again. But also, the anger is directed at the media for a very specific reason. The media slanders them, lies about them. We had uh, news organizations just a couple of days ago say that this um, yellow vest movement in Paris is racist, that they're, <laughs> that they're far right. Literally, there's Chick Guevara flags. There's people chanting, Ati, 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 Capri Delisa. While also, yes, there's also right-wing elements is there. Uh, there's also elements from all over the place. But th this movement has been slandered, has been attacked not only by the mainstream media, but also social media. Our numbers have been impacted for just talking about the Yellow Vest movement. And if it's not for you guys sharing some of the videos, no one's going to really see it. Because, again, all of them are being demonetized. Uh, all of them are, are pretty much being yellow. And um, it really, it, it's really up to you to get the larger message across. But another thing that I wanted to talk about is the bigger kind of divide and conquer thing that people have been telling me about. Because there was also a lot of people, which you probably heard if you watched our four-hour live stream, they're on the ground people telling me i'm mad i'm angry this doesn't represent me this is stupid like you can fight police like that's okay like we understand that but you're lighting uh, trash cans on fire you're breaking businesses uh you're destroying cars of private individuals you're not making people like us you're not making people join us and a lot of people try to voice their kind of discernment from that again there's also a big spectrum of this movement where you clearly see uh, yellow vest protesters being like, stop the violence, uh, mm -hmm. stop throwing stuff at the police, uh, stop initiating, stop trying to create a more violent situation than we already have to deal with because of uh, Macron's very handy, uh, uh, heavy handed uh, tactics, which again also extended to new laws that they passed in France, which puts stiffer, uh, stiffer penalties against protesting without a permit and also set up a new president where you can't cover your face. Uh, and protest as well. Uh, all of those I haven't seen enforced at all uh, today. <laughs> Very few arrests. You said there was a number officially going around? Um, oh, for the arrests or detains? Um, I saw, it, last I read, it was 17 detained and 10 taken into custody. But yeah, I, I kind of figured that those new um, statutes that they're putting into place are more of a reason to, to keep them in custody. You know, it's more of an excuse to why we arrested you rather than grounds for arrest. Like, it's not, I feel like it's something that's more added after the fact. And if, if I could add also as a way of trying to intimidate people so they don't come out. Oh, and absolutely. it had the opposite effect. Like, at first, we, we were there as like 100 people, and then 200 people, and then a couple thousand, and then a couple ten thousand. It's hard to get an exact number, but clearly down the street, it was just rows and rows of people. This movement is not going away anytime soon. 
and it's only going to get more crazy or more interesting uh, and more nuanced, as we saw today, uh, than ever before. Any last comments uh, you guys have about today? And uh, Ford's going to be here for a little bit longer as well. But I, any I was going to say that I liked what you said about how they, as much as it's easy to see the violence and then see it as kind of one big sea of yellow, there really were a lot of different contingencies with mm -hmm. a lot of different tactics. So, like, one moment that was almost kind of cute, uh, dare I say, was that when they passed by a toy store and uh, about 100 yards yeah. behind us, uh, there was the block that was just kind of destroying everything. There was a group that passed a toy store, and these are yellow vests. I mean, these are participants. Theoretically, they're shoulder to shoulder with the people breaking things. Uh, there was this kind of, like, kids ride outside the toy store. They actually picked the whole thing up. They like knocked on the toy store door and they brought it inside for them so that the this children's ride wouldn't be destroyed by the anti-fascist block. So there was a diversity of tactics. There was a diversity of ideology. They were united in some common enemies, but there were a lot of different uh, types of people there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say? I'm glad I filmed that part because I think that that is a really important oh, aspect to yeah. show. Um, yeah. Just to emphasize that point, this is this is a very uh, politically diverse group, the Yellow Vests, and I think there's a lot to be learned from this kind of cooperation, even if there is a little bit of infighting here and there and disagreement on the tactics employed to, to bring about this change. But um, I do think it's really important to recognize that these are people from all over the political spectrum willing to come together for the things that they agree on. Yep. And I think the one bigger truth here is that this movement is huge, can't be classified in one box, and they all kind of agree the bankster Macron has to go. That's kind of one unifying message. But again, absolutely incredible, crazy day. You guys were a part of it, four-hour live stream. Uh, also want to commend Ford and Emily. Their links to their accounts will be in the description of this video. Please check them out and support them because just like I am, these are independent journalists out here doing the work on the ground uh, without any boss, without any corporation, without any government telling them what to do. Uh, there's no other way for the truth to get out there unless it's with your support. And you could do that financially uh, with supporting any one of our, any three of us. You could do that uh, also, most importantly, with voting with your attention, sharing videos and getting the word out there. Because, yeah, also, you know, there's a big problem with the big technocrats making sure that this message doesn't go out there. So that's another important aspect. And uh, for now, um, expect more coverage from uh, all three of us. And uh, again, this is only the beginning. Just wait till the spring of 2019. Then it's really going to get interesting from here. Cool. You, you know, Luke, I really, uh, I really like that story about uh, the uh, the kids' playground because it is such a diverse gang, right? I, I mean, you can't classify this as just one one group. I mean, you're talking about tens of thousands of people within France and really Europe. And we've seen it spread to places like Israel. I know you were trying to talk to the one gentleman uh, that had the injured eye about it uh, coming to the United States. Unfortunately, he was not interested in talking about that. He seemed pretty enraged. Um, you know, what you could make out. I mean, he spoke some pretty clear English, but his voice was low or whatever. Uh, there's a lot to check out in that four-hour stream. And there's a lot to check out at News to Share and uh, Emily's footage as well. Because, again, it's a diverse group. And when you get that group together, which, you know, we haven't seen in the States since maybe Occupy Wall Street, maybe 9-11 Truth, you know, 9-11 Truth, we saw all sorts, you know, every political uh, aspect come together they've never gotten what they've wanted. I'm really rooting for these people. We're, we're again, in week 13. 
the mainstream on this side of the pond will do everything they can to try to suppress this. But, you know, I hope and pray that they stay strong and that they start to get their demands. Well, uh, you know, we'll see again. There's a lot of divide and conquer techniques going on right now. A lot of people are fighting each other. A lot of people are going back and forth. A lot of people are disenfranchised and not happy with the way things are going. Um, so there's a lot of underhanded things happening here, which we do have to know. We do have to understand. And this could either go uh, any way. But what, what's, what's a bigger aspect to kind of take from this is that the conditions that caused this protest to be as big and as massive, uh, they're still there. They haven't gone away and they're becoming more prevalent, not only in France, but also all over their entire world. And that's why there's such a kind of shutting down of this kind of larger kind of movement and protest and kind of uh, quietness about it, because uh, it's going to bring a lot of unrest. The conditions that led to this, uh, they're still there and uh, they're only getting worse and they're getting worse for a lot of other people. So uh, that's why uh, after this live stream, I'm going to shoot a video for the members about how to uh, prepare for a riot. <laughs> so uh, if you do become a member, I'm going to shoot that video going over all of my gear, breaking down what you should wear, what you shouldn't wear, uh, how to prepare yourself uh, for any riot. Because yeah, riots probably coming. Civil unrest is probably coming to a town near you. Uh, that's easily uh, you know, said. So uh, Emily and uh, Ford, they're going to be editing their video footage here. And if we're going to go over the news. And if you guys want to jump in at any time, just... Do do like I do and just start screaming madly, and uh, I'll know to uh, put the camera on you. But there's also a lot of other important news that we got to talk about and and, and bring up um, as well. But you guys feel free to bulge in or break in any type of information, even if it's unrelated. Just be like, hey, bring it up. Fair enough. All right. And before we get there, Luke, let's talk to some of our super chatters. Jesse Schmidt, who uh, continues to support the show. Thanks so much, Jesse. DMT is for socialist cir circus midgets, i.e. Joe Rogan. Well, I don't want to sit here and talk too much more about Joe Rogan. Our videos have done very well uh, covering the Rogan-Dorsey and now the Rogan-Alex Jones feud. And uh, I don't know if you got to catch any of it, but I got to catch probably about two-thirds of it. On and off while I was doing work in the background. Tim Poole was on uh, Joe Rogan's program. I know that you and Tim are very good friends. And the the very big chunk of that friends, was... Friends, oh. is one, friends is one word. <laughs> friends is one word. <laughs> and, anyway, uh, the majority of this conversation was about Twitter, was about censorship, was about their how, position. How did he do? How was the show? Did it you was excellent. You know what? He really he put Rogan on the spot with so many different aspects of how Twitter... Uh, hard censored people and then did things like uh, use the verify button as a weapon you know Jack Dorsey tried to say that everybody should have a digital voice Tim was very good at explaining point by point why everything that Dorsey and that you know nose pierced nonsense he spewed was nonsense uh, you know it was PR nonsense I don't know that Dorsey's going to be able to do his show again after you know the smackdown that uh, Tim put on the real information of Twitter and other social media outlets. Yeah, yeah. And just like we said in, in our last kind of Alex Jones, Joe Rogan video, if Joe Rogan doesn't have Jack Dorsey on again, this is going to look really, really bad for uh, Joe Rogan. So it's going to, it's a tough battle. It's, 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 you're talking about a very powerful billionaire technocrat that is Jack Dorsey. And uh, if he's going to be actually willing to be grilled, ooh, that's a hard one. But Joe Rogan promising it as a way to kind of save face from all this, 
it, it's 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 going to be an interesting unfolding situation that's going to come from all of this. And uh, I don't know. You guys have any comments on that? I want to defend DMT, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take your soul and your children's soul. <laughs> and Joe Rogan's going to ride them on a motorcycle to hell in California. <laughs> I just... Oh, uh, I'll, I'll admit, I really did enjoy the sneaky snake bit when uh, Alex was wearing a boa, uh, a snake as a boa. That was kind of funny. Good, good for you, Alex. He's an entertainer, but he's not. A, he's not a journalist. He's not a factual person, but he knows how to put on a show and be extremely hyperbolic. I mean, he's talking about leaky buttholes, uh, Lucifer, Luciferian, CIA mind control. Uh, DMT and, and and little elves and all this other uh, pineal gland nut oil stuff. He he knows how to uh, get attention. Absolutely, uh, I think that's a very fair way of saying it. We got one more super chat. This one's a fun one. Raid the Vatican. Um, hey fellas, your mate Q just posted. You know your friends just interviewed. Ha ha. Not. I mean, again, if you watch the interview, number one, not our friends. Number two, only started QAnon with the beginning of the hoax. Openly said they didn't post after, like, the third or fourth time. So I don't even know how to answer these questions anymore. All the facts are there. I mean, there's a lot of good work. Uh, Jack, uh, how do you say his name? I know you like to call him probiotic. <laughs> but uh, his name is what? Posibic? Posibic. Posibic. I, I don't want to make fun of Jack because he does Jack some good. Pisobia. He does some Jack really Pisobia. good work. So I legitimately forget. I, I think I literally forget. Uh, like people, it's not an insult. Uh, we have our different opinions. Me and Jack, uh, we met once. Um, we see things differently. Yeah. Let's just say it that way. Yeah. He does some decent work, but he's done some good work on that. Go check it out. Jesse Schmidt, final uh, super chat before we get to the news. Tim Pool is a soft. I don't know, but the, hold on. Well, the, the, the cute thing could be right. I'm just putting it out there. Oh, boy. Potentially. Potentially. Yep. We don't know. He, he could be a super spy with superpowers, bringing indictments across the world, bringing pedophile rings down. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely agree. There's a lot of hyperbolic. There's craziness. Another one by Jesse Schmidt. Really yeah. appreciate Jesse. Uh, he's always a part of the show, and he's always uh, usually here every Sunday. So thank you so much, Jesse, for being always here. Uh, you're awesome. And, yeah, he says, Tim Pool is a softball for Rogan. Alex Jones plus a big bowl of chili on Joe's <laughs> Cognitive Podcast would be more interesting. Listen, uh, on that podcast, Rogan actually, again, tried to reach out to Jones and said, just call him. He said, call me. We'll work it out. You know, that seems reasonable to me. You know why? Yeah. Because I'm a reasonable human being. He could sit there and call him a sneaky snake. Hey, hey, it's Mr. Sneaky Snake. Mr. Tough Guy Jiu-Jitsu Sneaky Snake. <laughs> I mean, again, they've had a 20-year relationship. Have a phone call. It's great radio. It's great entertainment when a large 45-plus-year-old man with a barrel chest and a belly puts on a multi-snake boa and refers to it as Joe Rogan for 20 minutes. That's funny stuff. As we talked about in our last video, I just say cage match. We probably have chili bowls, WWE style. All that. Uh, anything you guys have to say about QAnon? Or, uh, yeah, we got some QAnon experts here. On that subject, I am not touching it. No way. No way. Smart. Smart, Sarah. Yeah, I know. I know. Smart. I'm sorry. I have an opinion. Anyway, here we go. So, Monday's story, Luke. Last week, uh, we actually started. Oh, wait. We got another super. Hold on. We got another super. Oh, do we? Super Jack by Truck My Ad. Uh, that's an interesting name. Uh, he says, no Polish brother wars. And I think he's mentioning that Jack Kosobiak, 
is uh, somewhat <laughs> Polish. Uh, technically, I am born and raised Polish. Uh, but uh, I don't think he. I don't think he, no. He doesn't speak Polish. I tried to speak to him in Polish once, uh, and he's like, "Huh?" Did not get it. But you know, uh, P- Polish people very, very divisive. Unless you're family, unless you're close, mm-hmm. uh, we're skeptical. Polish people, very skeptical people, uh, always looking at you side eyed. All because of our history. Germany invaded us. Russia invaded us. We've been screwed over. Very poor uh, location geogra- geographically. Uh, so yeah, it just happens. Uh, we're skeptical of fellow Polish people. It happens. Uh, that's just the way it is. All right, let's continue on with, uh, the other segment where we're going to be going over an important story Monday through Saturday and then take phone calls as well. So but actually, uh, since it's, since it is now, uh, Saturday, it's actually Sunday through, uh, Friday. I didn't get, get a story for today. Cause obviously the, the thing is so. Last week, yep. we started doing this because we didn't, you know, want to compete with the Super Bowl, right? And we discussed how the Super Bowl would censor some commercials. We uh, made the note of Ron Paul's commercial being banned many, many years ago. And lo and behold, they sure did. And uh, they banned a really interesting one. I was kind of shocked because, you know what? I don't think they would ban an ad for Chantex or any other big pharma bull nonsense, you know? Oh, the Chantex, the one that helps you quit smoking but gives you suicidal and homicidal thoughts and actions? Oh, we could, we could sell that on the Super Bowl. That's fine. But we can't have an ad for medical marijuana, just the CBD, not even the THC, for kids who are having hundreds of seizures a day with an effective medication, Luke, that you can grow in your backyard. That's just the wackiest thing in the world. While, of course, they try to get you to drink that fluoride-written beer that calcifies your pineal gland that no one wants to talk about. Uh, I like beer. I've always liked beer. Thank you, Ford. <laughs> Thank you, Ford. Yeah. Ford, Ford, Ford Bush here. Telling me about Ford Bush here. Day, honestly, like, there are certain things that I almost just want to remain ignorant. You know what I mean? Like, I like waking up about stuff, but if you're going to take beer away from me, like, I'll just stay a sheep. It's okay. <laughs> I'll take a CBD. Yeah. CBD very- beer, yes. Mm-hmm. But this is this is what also happened this week. This is important to br- to bring up. New York just banned CBD uh, beverages and food. Uh, so there's there's CBD infused beers actually. In, yeah. in, in, the hipsters yep. think of everything, especially in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, there's CBD beers. There's CBD cupcakes. Again, doesn't get you high. Uh, CBD is anti-inflammatory. Uh, when I vape, I vape CBDs. Uh, you are aware Coca-Cola for, uh, is also working on a CBD-infused uh, cola beverage, too. They've actually New put that York, there. New York just banned any CBD-infused consumable product. Uh, absolutely insane. Uh, so pissed off at that. Again, again, this is why, Jason, this is why. Again, I keep making the case. No taxes at all. No government at all. None. Nuh-uh. Get rid of all these bums because they're, they're going to lead away. We're literally, you can't even have CBD. And we shouldn't be talking about booze. We literally got wine and a bottle of Jack right by. Uh, oh, <laughs> bottle of Jack. Oh, but we can't have a beer. <laughs> no, you know, I'm not. A, I, I, not sponsored by Hold on. <laughs> That's a knockoff Jack. That's as cheap as it gets. We don't, we don't carry Evan Williams at the bars I've run, my friend. <laughs> I wasn't sure if they'd take it away at customs, so I didn't want to spend all the money on, on like, a uh, higher-end. We're common folk here, okay? I I mean, it's not just common folk. I just, if you're going to get a knockoff, get a better one, that's all. 
I'm, I'm sorry for hurting feelings. Go to sleep after going through riot. <laughs> that's the most important part. Okay. 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 Yeah, we need that. that. No, that's that's very important. Um, I guess just wrapping that one up, Luke. Again, you have a medicine that actually works, that is beneficial, that doesn't have any weird side effects. Again, like suicidal and homicidal thoughts, and. We can't advertise it on the biggest game. Remember, they had the money for it. No, we have to suppress it from the people. It shows you there is a class of people that does indeed want to control the narrative and suppress information. That's just how I feel about it. I don't know if you feel any different. Uh, I feel the same way. And it's all because of government, which you should understand next next, uh, Tuesday story now. Well, speaking of government, our certainly sucks at the moment. As they uh, this week announced, there will be no more aid at all to Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza. That's not really news to anybody that's been following the love affair of Trump, Jared Kushner, Israel, and Netanyahu. But for those that do not know, uh, you know, we used to give some aid out there, you know, after the Israelis would shoot up a bunch of people throwing rocks or journalists or medics, all of which we've seen this year since this president has declared Jerusalem the capital. Well, now we've cut them off altogether, Luke. Well, I, I believe kind of what Rand Paul's kind of bigger uh, point on this is just get rid of all foreign aid. We're not only giving money to Israel, we're also giving money to Afghanistan. We're also giving money to Iraq. There's why? Like, like, like I don't understand this kind of system. Again, uh, it's been proven, again, Again, I'm speaking kind of figuratively. Whenever, you know, there's been some studies done that do talk about how if you just give someone something, they don't appreciate it. And uh, some people made the correlation to, of course, uh, you know, money as well. People just give them a whole bunch of money with that kind of basic income argument that's happening now. The major argument against the basic income argument is that people are just not going to want to do anything uh, and not really have respect for something that they're just given that they don't have to strive for something or test or challenge them uh, in that particular way. Uh, but uh, get rid of all foreign aid. Uh, so I want to bring it to you guys since we made you talk about QAnon before. Israel, that's a, that's a, that's a very easy topic to talk about. <laughs> yeah, Israel. Yeah, let's go. I Okay, I will say that this is an issue that – so I, I'm, I'm not going to inject my personal politics into, into it because I'll never win. You can say no comment, but, too. No, I, no, 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 but I, I want to say that I think that it has been an interesting issue, kind of like what we've been talking about the yellow vests, about how there is the left and the right kind of getting together and rejecting sort of neoliberalism, right? Uh, on the Israel subject, I have kind of seen that in the last few years, the far right and the far left have actually found common ground on being critical of Israel, whereas it seems to really be the American center that finds itself pro-Israel. And that that political orientation has been interesting. I actually attended an event where Bob Bland, who is the co-founder of the Women's March, was speaking. And I was very surprised to hear her say, uh, I want a Women's March that's so inclusive that a Zionist can be uh, marching side by side uh, with a Palestinian were like sort of almost the exact words that came out of her mouth. I don't want to exactly quote, but uh, but she wanted to see an inclusive, what she was really alluding to is the far left and the moderate left uh, at her event. But it's interesting how that has kind of evolved because I, I don't think that the uh, that anyone really on the right was pro-Israel uh, in a meaningful way until fairly recently. And Trump himself at least claimed at a time to have neutrality on the subject. And I think that that really changed because of APAC and all the rest since then. And Jared Kushner uh, allowing Netanyahu to sleep in his bed. 
<laughs> no biggie. No biggie. No and, and I would say this. You know what? Uh, he talks about the the far left and the far right kind of coming together. I, I think generally there's a different view, especially in Europe. You see a lot more articles coming from The Guardian and even The Mail, The Independent, that are critical of Israeli po uh, uh, policies with the Palestinians on the Gaza Strip. You don't see that in the United States. You've almost never seen that, at least in an ABC, CBS, maybe once a year in a Newsweek. Newsweek you know, tends to do maybe one or two good articles on a subject a year. I'll give them credit. We've gone to them quite a bit. But you've always had the, you know, the Christian Zionists, the true believers there, Luke, the Bible thumpers that believe that revelations has to happen, uh, you know, be very pro-Israel. You know, go to the Dome of the Rock. Uh, go to Israel. Make that trip. And that's kind of frightening. If anybody knows the story in Revelations, it's not a very happy one. It's not a very good one. So I think politically aligning with them, especially militarily, to those ends with people that actually believe that uh, is extremely dangerous. Yep, yep. Uh, good points. Uh, and if anybody else wants to bring anything else up, just, uh, again, intervene. Uh, but I think we should move move forward to Wednesday's story. You got it. We got some super chats, but we're going to get to them in a minute. But thank you very much, Jesse Schmidt. You're a killer. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see. So this was the one you kind of alluded to. This is kind of a big deal. You know, no biggie. Trump pulls U.S. out of Cold War era nuclear weapons treaty with Russia, triggering arms race fears. And now you are seeing... A lot of testing done not only by Russia, but by Russia in conjunction with China as they bring their military arms up. And Russia, for instance, has already openly talked about since this treaty is done um, to aligning different types of nuclear weapons that can be launched from the ground to the United States. And... You know, all the meanwhile, the big news story that we're not going to talk about that was, you know, trending throughout the United States was acting attorney general Robert Whitaker, not because they cared about how he did his job, but because they wanted to get all the dirt on the Russia investigation and the Mueller investigation and the collusion with Trump and Putin sitting on Trump's lap with Ivanka, you know, running errands for... <laughs> For the FSB, I mean, it's such nonsense, Luke. Here we have real-world issues where we're ramping up an arms race again, something we haven't done since the 80s. You know, we, we took care of this in the 80s, basically. And now it's happening again. You, meanwhile, our media says that, you know, Trump is Putin's puppet. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. The opposite is totally true here, especially if you look at the bigger geopolitical picture with situations developing, especially with Trump's push on Iran and Trump's push on Venezuela, polar opposites of where Russia stands, obviously, with their connections to both of those countries and their bigger economic ties to those countries as well. Everyone's interested in themselves, but it's clear a lot of the kind of bigger actions by Trump do push towards this bigger kind of uh, Cold War-esque situation that we are involved in. You guys want to say anything about the nuclear holocaust potentially happening soon? <laughs> Well, if it's anything like the Fallout games, I can't wait. Have you ever played Fallout? I don't like Fallout. It's too much for me. I'm sorry. I haven't played it yet. I'm nah. a, uh, uh, nuclear Holocaust for it? Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but Fallout 3 was pretty cool. Just <laughs> yeah. I don't like Fallout 76. That game's trash. I've heard that. I've heard that it's really bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody said that. I don't know. I'm a Borderlands guy. I'm looking forward to Borderlands 3. That's that's more my style. Ooh. I just played Fortnite because it's free. Oh. Uh, 
Last of Us 2 is the video game I'm looking forward to. Um, I don't do a whole lot of gaming, but uh, I, I did play through Last of Us, and I'm really looking forward to that. That's also post-apocalyptic. I like the post-apocalyptic ones. Yeah. Uh, I stopped playing The Last of Us, like, halfway through. Oh, really? I got too busy. But I was like, I was like oh, it's a pretty good game. I may do a gaming channel just because sometimes I just need to calm down and relax and not uh, have total anxiety and panic attacks from all the crazy stuff I see in my life. <laughs> well, uh, need a player, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we should do a gaming channel. Uh, I've recently, like, actually, I don't, I don't want to, you know, tell too much because I'm a dork, but I've actually just bought a bunch of retro systems. I go to the Salvation Army and like little like Craigslist and Facebook, but I've got a Dreamcast sitting here, an original Nintendo, a Super Nintendo, three different types of Genesis, a PlayStation Two. I've got them all rigged uh, through my Xbox One. So, uh, actually, I've got them in HD too, Luke. So we we could do a, a little gaming channel if you really wanted to. It's strangely therapeutic to just watch someone else play video games on Commodore. It's strangely like relaxing, like yeah, okay. Uh, it's weird. Uh, there's a reason. There's something behind it, and of course, it's you know psychological as well, probably. Uh, that is, you know, important to break down. But let's go over to the super chats because we got some uh, more super chats. Yeah. Get get over to Thursdays. Uh, story. Um, I'm going to skip Jesse just because it's a $100 super chat. I want to give some time to it. Burley Hooman gave us $10. Thank you so much. Love your work, guys. Keep it up. What do you think of Kim.com's uh, tweet uh, regarding the Khashoggi situation? Is Trump uh, not as anti-swamp as we wish him to be? Well, I think that Kim.com, number one, the person that's come out and said he's facilitated the uh, WikiLeaks emails, the Podesta emails, from Seth Rich to WikiLeaks. Let's get that out of the way. The man that was persecuted by uh, this government, uh, wrongly in my opinion, for Mega Upload, where they basically take it everything he's uh, said. He's been on some of these Julian Assange uh, marathon, what, what would you call them, radiothons, and he's spoken out against a lot of the Trump stuff. And Trump isn't as anti-swamp as he said he was. And I'm glad that he is uh, being vocal. But I do not know what he's talking about with the Khashoggi tweet, do you? No, I haven't seen anything. Have you guys seen anything? I haven't really been on Twitter. <laughs> but if we're talking about uh, the swamp, when you have um, John Bolton and who was it now? Richard Pearl? Richard Pearl with uh, Is Richard Pearl back? The Prince of Darkness? Gross. Uh, the Venezuela, the guy who Trump appointed to look over Venezuela. Oh, I hope it Trump. wasn't Pearl, man. That's really bad if it was. Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, who is it? The Iran-Contra guy. The guy who pretty much armed all the militants uh, in Latin America. Elliot Abrams, sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Elliot a Abrams. Also, just a very sinister human being. When you have Elliot Abrams and uh, Bolton, I mean, you're having someone more methodically sinister than Dick Cheney surrounding you. Uh, again, constantly hanging out with Kissinger as well. Uh, when we're talking about draining the swamp, uh, that is the utter epitome of not only the swamp, but the most cancerous, nuclear waste-filled, destructive, horrible seep of, if you could even call it liquid, slime, crap, that you could possibly have uh, that would complement a swamp, if a swamp would see it. Uh, when you have those two individuals surrounding you. But that's just my own personal take. 
All right, let's get to the next super chat. Last one on Rogan. Uh, the question is for Luke's friends there. If they were working the roller coaster at a carnival and the height requirement was 5'2 and Joe forgot his lift shoes <laughs> that day, would they still let the little ninja ride the roller coaster without an adult? <laughs> this is a question for you guys specifically. This is a question for you guys. That was a little complicated. Uh, I'll read it again. This is uh, last one on Rogan. This question is for Luke's friends there. For you two guys specifically. Uh, if there, if if you were working a roller coaster at a carnival and the height requirement was 5'2", and Joe Rogan uh, forgot his lift shoes that day, would they still let the little ninja ride the roller coaster without an adult? Personally, I've met Joe. He's a very nice man, so I would say yes, Joe. I will overlook your height and your uh, <laughs> and you're on the roller coaster. I tend to have sort of a libertarian point of view on things, so I think to that end, if I had that authority as the roller coaster uh, discretion person, I would tell uh, Joe, it's at your own risk, but you may go on the roller coaster. That's very libertarian of you. I would just get rid of height requirements at all. Be like, do what you want. Uh, yeah, I mean, name. I wouldn't put like an infant baby on it, though. <laughs> like, you know, there's like, so you have to have some level of responsibility, but I'd look at it and be like, eh, it's probably fine. Your, your answer is probably the better one there, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Jesse. Really appreciate it. Again, all your support. Uh, really, really uh, awesome to have you a part of this show and uh, always an honor to have you tune in. So uh, off to Thursday's story, Luke. This one, it seems like they've changed it because I remember the headline being something different, uh, but the story itself is extremely troubling. Is China's corruption-busting AI, a.k.a. artificial intelligence system, zero trust, being turned off for being too efficient? Despite being restricted to just 30 counties and cities, artificial intelligence system has already helped snare. You ready for this? 8,721 officials. <laughs> System cross-references big data to evaluate work and personal lives of millions of government workers. And this article is basically talking about how some of the larger bureaucrats are actually shutting the system down <laughs> because they don't want to get caught in corruption. And this speaks to a huge point. I want everybody that's out there that says, oh, we're just going to let AI run everything. Artificial intelligence, Skynet could never happen, yada, yada, yada. It's not so much Skynet and artificial intelligence taking over. It's the people that are in control of the most powerful artificial intelligence that they selectively use on you, on you. And it does not pertain to them. So as everybody in China gets their social media trust score and they, they get banned from riding on trains, sending their kids to private school, owning property, accessing the internet, and whatever other wacky dystopian thing they can think of, the people at the top that get to eat filet mignon, well, they just won't be accountable. The AI system won't work for them. They'll shut it off. They'll build uh, barriers around it. And this is the big problem, uh, not the big problem, but a big problem with this type of technology. I mean, this story is absolutely terrifying. I mean, you should read some back, some of the details back slowly, so people could actually consume it. But I'm reading it here, and it says resistance by government officials to a groundbreaking big data experiment is only one of many challenges as the Chinese government starts using new technology to navigate its giant bureaucracy. According to state media, 
they're not always 100% uh, honest there, especially with the state media in China. Uh, there were, quote, more than 50 million people on China's government payroll in 2016, though analysis has put the figure at m- more than 64 million people, slightly less than the population of Britain. Th- these are people on the government's payroll. Uh, this is something that, uh, again, See, see what happens when you have big government, uh, Jason? Oh, you, you're uh, right. You, I've always talked about how much I love Maoist China, Luke. Oh, I just want a red star. And I, are you kidding me? It's a slippery slope. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. Like, ah, we need some regulation. Bam, you're in communist China with an artificial intelligence eye watching over you, big brother, doing a social credit rating score of your entire life. Uh, uh, it happens. It historically always kind of leads that way. And we're leading into, but the bigger point here, Without being facetious, the bigger point here is, of course, the basic fact that technology is advancing and it's advancing in very terrifying ways because it could be used for good and it could be used for bad. Of course, we're only by the mainstream media being highlighted all the good parts. There's a lot of bad stuff. Uh, It's it's you know, I mean, yes, you're getting rid of corruption, but at the same time, you're also getting rid of any privacy. You're also getting rid of any kind of liberty and freedom, which the people of China barely have any uh at that especially if they wish to try to change their system and to make it better the best way to change something the best way to uh deal with a problem is of course doing it out in the open with as much honesty and as much truth as possible that system is not possible in china because of the overwhelming power that the authorities have but they could just squash any kind of accountability that limits their power because again power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely China is a great lesson at that. And that's why power should be decentralized and no one should have it over anyone else. And that's why you should have no government. That's why I disagree with you, Jason. Um, <laughs> I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to unpack that, Luke, because here okay. we are at almost it makes an sense. hour. It makes sense. We know in the comments, press one in the comment section if that makes sense to you. Press two if you're with Jason Burmis and believe in limited communist China Mao Zedong government. Yes, I, I hate Rebel Glory in the comments. No, 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 I'm a socialist. Being, again, I'm being facetious. <laughs> I'm being silly. If you agree with uh, Jason's point of view, limited government, press two. If you agree with what I'm saying, press one. I'm just curious what people will say. Oh, you're going to get yeah, ones galore. Look, uh, thank you, Bart. No, no, you got, you got two twos, uh, three. There's a lot of threes out there. Okay. Uh, we haven't set what three is, but where do you guys know one or twos? Uh, this is also a question that gets me in trouble. I sometimes joke that uh, that I go between, I guess, the Luke opinion and uh, something like classical liberal libertarianism, depending on how much coffee I've had that day. <laughs> uh, I, I tend to, and again, this is me personally, not me in my capacity for news to share. Uh, but I, I personally tend to feel that if people are going in the same political direction, then they're on the same team, right? So if a constitutionalist and a anarchist agree on uh, total gun rights or total free speech, uh, then they're then they're allies. They're strategic allies on that subject. If they agree on lessening taxation, and the question is, should we have zero or less? They're still going in the same direction, at least for now. So, if you get to a society where you get to actually be arguing uh, between those two things, and that makes a difference, you're a lot better off than you are now. And I think there's a happy balance between the two of you. Um, not to say I'm avoiding answering, but answer the question, <laughs> Senator. <laughs> I like I think you both make really good points, but I do think regulation is necessary because people are greedy. So I wouldn't say no government or no taxation. And I, I think small government is better, 
I think the bigger government you have, the more the more strain you put on people. So I don't know. There's a whole lot going into there. We have a whole uh, Royal Rumble debate. Well, you uh, know what? That's a whole other topic to get into. But uh, it's good to get into this next story. You, uh, no, it, finish, finish off your last comment, and then let's go into the next one. Well, it, it rolls right into this one, you know, because this is uh, my least favorite presidential candidate, being a jerk, um, Cory Booker. He's uh, very uh, enigmatic. He's very personable. He looks like an actor. I can see him getting votes. And he uh, co-sponsored the Ocasio-Cortez New Green Deal and then compared the, uh, the Green New Deal to defeating the Nazis and putting a man on the moon amid bipartisan backlash. Remember, this is the uh, document that says, for those not willing to work that we need to take care of, this is by the woman that says the world is going to end due to climate change in 12 years. Uh, it, there's like a one and a half minute video in here. I don't even know if I want to play it because his jackassery is just so stupendous, if you will. There couldn't be a faker person running for president this is a quintessential establishment politician that uh doesn't have a genuine bone in his body i don't like cory booker you shouldn't either i hope he doesn't even get past the first round of the primaries yep and this is going to bring up an important uh kind of new video series that we're going to be doing on this uh youtube channel uh, so, again, guys, make sure to subscribe. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of different content, but specifically content around this where we're going to go after every presidential candidate in 2020 and give you a comprehensive look into all the bad and into all the good when it comes to every single candidate. And I would say my I, my least favorite is, is probably uh, Cory, Cory Booker. Uh, there's so much arrogance and fakeness and just uh, everything just, just looks... It's a smell of vision, and it just smells like crap. Uh, I, I don't trust them. There's, there's something way off, and we haven't even done the research. Uh, I mean, you're doing part of the research. We're gonna do. We're gonna deep dive into a lot of these people, and I bet there's a lot of corruption uh, with Cory Booker, and I bet there's a lot of things going behind the scenes because he's he's being portrayed as this kind of media darling, as this kind of new Bill Clinton 2.0, and um, again, everything just exudes corruption uh, from my point of view on him. No, I've already done some of the research. There's, It's just so ridiculous. Uh, him and his ex-law firm, huge scandal in New Jersey. Uh, you know, I, not that any of these people are clean, but the stuff I found out about Kristen Gillibrand, boy, that's going to be a bombshell video, Luke. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Um, but that, that wraps I interviewed up. her, too. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I interviewed her, too, about because uh, she was shilling for Hillary Clinton in the last election. And uh, during the presidential debates, I'm like, you know, Hillary Clinton pretty much created ISIS, and and she and then Senator Gillibrand was like, yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> astonishing, astonishing. Didn't you like, also get Gillibrand when we were doing 9/11 Truth and you were trying to yeah, get the Zadroga yeah. Act we, we passed? Pushed her, pushed her to support the 9/11 First Responders, yeah. which she did. Uh, yeah, so you know, we we, we, we talked to her. Uh, but we're going to make a lot of these info videos, good, the bad, and then I'm going to go out there in, into the field and, and do my best to try to confront as many of them um, as I can. Uh, so I think that's it. I think that's the story, right? That's the that's all the stories that we have. That's it. And we got another super chat from Jesse Schmidt, that poor girl. Wait, wait, before you get into before you get into the super chats, let's also open it up for phone calls. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pimp you guys out. Right. If if anyone has any questions for Ford or Emily or it. me or Jason, feel free to call. 
uh, and ask if that's okay. Yeah, that sounds good. I should have I should have asked before, not just say I'm gonna do it. But six zero seven five four two nine one eight four four. The calls as we get through this. Jesse Smith says that poor girl, obviously referring to Emily, needs to stay away from Rogan. He poisoned her mind. I like Joe. Stop hating. Uh, oh my God. A new member, welcome Bart uh, Sabolski. Bart agreed with you the two. Did Thank you, Bart. Did he? Let's see. Uh, Cat, thank you for the $10 super chat. Keep up the good work. Be safe. Um, yeah, Luke, seriously, be safe, brother. And uh, Jesse Schmidt again, thank you so much. Let's make a bet on Booker. How many months before it's revealed he has a grinder profile? Profile. I'm betting on eight months. Uh, although I don't disagree, apparently he is rumored to be dating uh, the darling of the left, Rosario Dawson, who gets around in those circles. So uh, there's definitely. No. Yes, I know. I know. I like Rosario. I like Rosario, Rosario too, Rosario. But, but you know. Rosario's, Rosario watches this channel. Does she? Uh, yes. Yes. You know that she dated Salman Rushdie too, right? And no, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know her, her her dating habits of like somebody there. Yeah, I do. Somebody, somebody listen. Keeping very a very close. She's eye a prominent left figure. You got you got to keep an Dawson. eye. Yeah, you got to uh, keep an eye. I, I definitely look up. Uh, we are changed. Rosario Dawson. See the full interview I did with her. Uh, she's a really nice human being. Um, hearts in the right. You know, yeah, hearts in the right direction. I haven't looked into her politics, but uh, she's in that. You know, again, um, I can't you know mention much. I don't really pay close attention to what she does. But when I met her, a really nice, warm human being, and 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 also a fan of this channel and watches this channel. Uh, so um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I hope that rumor is uh, not true. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. 607-542-9184. 607-542-9184. If you want to get in on that last phone call, guys, on this Saturday afternoon. Big fights tonight, Luke. Uh, I'm pretty excited. Anderson Silva, uh, Adesanya, and then you've got the Whitaker-Gastelum fight. Big stuff. Big stuff for a UFC fan like myself. I'm probably going to be on a plane and won't be able to watch it, sadly. But uh, Are you jumping on a plane tonight? I think so, yeah. Okay. Or this morning. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, next morning, six hours behind. So, yeah, no, I'm going to be in a taxi and going to the airport. Sadly, I can't watch it. Uh. But I really want to see that Silva fight. <laughs> I'm uh, rooting for I'm rooting it, for Anderson Silva. Um, and it's 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 really really shaping up to be exciting. Like Anderson Silver's probably gonna lose, but I'm still rooting for him because uh, he was he was such a phenom for so many years. No condition forced middleweight Robert Whitaker withdraw. Oh, dude. Oh, that's that bums me right the f out. I mean, I guess that makes Anderson Silver the the main event, but that I was really looking forward to that. Damn. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna cry. I'm going to cry big boy tears. Uh, Luke, I mean, you want to wrap it? I don't think we're getting this call. I don't know what's going on. I'll probably maybe like... there's some technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anything else you guys want to say? Anything else you guys want to – hold on. Let me pan the camera back to our lovely guests who joined us today uh, on the live – oh, no. I was just going to say that uh, – with respect to Paris, we talked about this earlier, but the fact that the mainstream media isn't showing anybody anything, uh, try to find lots of people who are covering Paris, right? So there's the three of us in this room. Uh, I didn't see everything that happened today, nor did Emily, nor did Luke. Uh, only one out of the three of us in this room saw a guy with his hand blown off, right? Only one of us in this room saw the thing with the cars. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Emily's video so I know what stuff I missed that, <laughs> that she got too, right? So um, That's but, the hand exploding part. Go back. Whoa. Which part? Go back. Right there. 
that medics that's where they were yeah yeah i know that yeah. part but i want to see if i actually got that. oh i actually might have gotten a shot of him being carried away i didn't realize that because i think i have this but i but i did not recognize it as what you just said I, did he get carried away by like a few people like holding up his butt like maybe eight people holding him up well i just remember him uh being uh helped uh on the ground I, so okay i'll have to review my footage i may have actually uh i may have actually witnessed this but i probably would have been at least like 25 feet away um anyway no so what just what you just heard goes to show my point exactly which is that uh you as the viewer have the ability to watch many different uh sources the more independent they are uh the better because they're not going to be biased by governments and and big corporations telling them what to say um uh, but just by having more and more sources, you can get the most complete uh, picture of a situation. So uh, if you can load up three different live streams at once, that's awesome. Uh, but otherwise, you know, just just absorb all the information you can because it's what the mainstream media and the state don't want you to do. All right. And where can people find you? Uh, so I'm at Ford Fisher on Twitter and my channel is called News to Share both on Facebook and on YouTube. All right. Now your turn spotlights on you um yeah just i'd have to echo what you said there are some really good independent french journalists who um i'll try to do a link on my twitter to some of the profiles of these journalists because when i'm not here i have major fomo on saturdays and i'm basically like attached to these timelines they do amazing work there's a freelancer that i've been chatting with over the over the, the weeks days and um, today I finally got to meet her. Her name's Stephanie Roy. She does amazing coverage. It is in French, but Twitter has this wonderful thing where you can translate tweets. So I definitely would recommend following some French journalists. And where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Milms Molly. I also am um, pretty active on Minds.com now. Uh, you can find me at Minds.com slash Milms Molly or join the Minds, uh, the Minds news, Subverse Newsroom. You can go to minds.com slash subverse for that. We also have a subverse YouTube channel, which is where my video is going to be going. That's youtube.com slash subverse videos. So yeah, uh, ditto. Thank you for watching. You had enough of me today. I'm tired and exhausted. Probably gonna go pass out before I have to get on this flight. And uh, thank you, Jason. And uh, I'll let you close it off. All right, everybody. Remember to please hit that like, share, and subscribe button. Grab those notifications or you won't find out when Luke is risking his life in Paris for four hours. Uh, that is for sure. And I'm glad that I have that on the small screen so that everybody's not getting dizzy and dying with his ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> motion. Uh, sign up for the backup channel as well. That's Pulse Change. Remember, we are on Subscribestar, Minds, Twitter, Facebook. Luke's on Instagram. We're on all these different social media platforms. It is imperative that you share our work if it wants to get out there. Thank you all. We also got some new shirts. And uh, be the change you want to see in the world. Anything else, Luke? No, no, no. Thanks for watching. Stay tuned for more. All right.